NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Waylon Wong. And I'm Darian Woods. Waylon, we've got this fact that people can share over their 4th of July barbecue. I mean, forget the hot dogs and the coleslaw. We are serving up delicious July 4th facts. (laughs) That's right. The amount of fireworks bought by Americans per person has grown from a quarter of a pound in 1990 to about a pound and a quarter today. That's like five times. Five times higher, a quintupling. And we've done the numbers. That's going from like one and a half Roman candles per person back in the day to seven Roman candles for every single American today. We have become a nation of pyros. We have. And what we'd like to talk about today is the story of why this dramatic increase happened. It's an explosive tale of government clampdowns, roadside entrepreneurship, and smuggling. We'll also find out what's happened with injuries, which I'm personally nervous about with all those pinwheels and skyrockets shooting off. Well, we will see after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 threat report. Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Mint Mobile. This spring, Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Go to mintmobile.com indicator. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Every day, we get the privilege of helping people to recover from the unexpected, realize their dreams. For small business owners, we help them to think about all the things that are necessary so that they can continue to run their businesses successfully without interruption. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In the early 1970s, the world of fireworks was totally different than today, which is when Glenda Tinnan and her husband opened a souvenir shop and a restaurant in Tennessee. We did very well, but my son, who was 12 at the time, started selling fireworks out on the front porch, and he was doing better business than we were, so we changed. (laughs) And that was 49 years ago. Back then, because of wildfire concerns and safety fears, fireworks were illegal or heavily restricted in many states. But there were legal havens, like Tennessee. So with a shop close to the highway, Glenda and her husband swerved towards just selling fireworks. They put a big handmade sign above the awning saying, Hee Haw Fireworks in red capital letters. And inside, they put these painted cartoon characters on the walls, overlooking rows and rows of sparklers and bottle rockets and other explosives. We have the Death Shell, Neon Dashiki, Excalibur, just all the good brand names we carry. And the list of names goes on. One bad mother, one bad mother-in-law. That's the kind of name you want to announce at your family barbecue. It's like, I've got a firework here called One Bad Mother-in-Law. Yeah. Well, you can't communicate in words. Maybe you can communicate in fireworks strands. <laughs> mother of all bombs, the MOAB. Oh, my goodness. What's this with mothers? Come on. The mothers need a break. <laughs> right? Come on. But back in the 1970s, fireworks were more dangerous than now. And in Glenda's efforts to advise on how to keep the fireworks from tipping or doing something they shouldn't, she got another maternal-related nickname herself. They call me Mother Hand because I'm always 
saying, you know, be sure you do this and do this and sit something beside this. Given the patchy track record of backyard pyrotechnics, when Congress set up the Consumer Product Safety Commission in 1972, this was included in what the agency was meant to look after, meaning that it could issue regulations shaping the fireworks were sold. Jay Zagorski is a professor at Boston University's Questrom School of Business. They did a whole bunch of things. One, they made sure for a rocket shooting off that the bases were stronger and longer so that the rockets didn't tip over and then you had a rocket shooting along the ground at spectators. The second thing that they did is they made sure fuses were consistent because oftentimes before they came along, you could light a fuse and you had no idea if it was going to blow off in a couple of seconds or it was going to take a long time, causing some people to walk over going, hmm, is this a dud? And then it would blow up in their face. Uh, They also made sure that there were no prohibited chemicals and they made sure that explosives and all fireworks were relatively accurate. And that meant basically, you know, your cherry bombs and your firecrackers all had the same amount of kaboom. I love how the government is regulating the amount of kaboom. That's what we need more government oversight over. Yeah, standardize that kaboom. (laughs) So basically now firecrackers are less likely to tip over at an unknown time, spray you with poisonous burning chemicals at an unknown level of explosiveness. Yeah, we live in a world of more predictable fireworks. And Glenda, a.k.a. our mother hen, could relax a little bit more. Well, it just changed what we saw, uh, and we was glad of that because it made it safer. So as fireworks were getting safer, they were also getting more popular. States and counties were noticing people were crossing borders to buy from shops like Hee Haw Fireworks. Glenda would serve visitors from counties or states where fireworks were more restricted. We have a lot of people from Kentucky and Indiana and uh, we even have people from California. Some people also bought fireworks from Native American reservations. And then Jay Zagorski told us that when he was growing up, there was a guy next door, an enterprising teenager who would buy car trunks worth of black market fireworks from Boston's Chinatown and then sold them to his neighbors. He made a fortune. Basically, the entire neighborhood showed up, like standing in line with cash in their hands, uh, waiting to hand him money so that this illegal contraband could be bought the week before 4th of July. Eventually, states grew tired of people crossing state lines or going to reservations with more permissive rules. They also figured out that they were losing out on the revenue from those patriotic backyard explosions. If people are going to be doing these activities, and I just don't mean fireworks, many politicians say, well, maybe we should profit a little bit off of it. Maybe we can fund some of the key services we need to provide our citizens. So if people are going to gamble, we may as well tax gambling. If people are going to illegally smoke marijuana, maybe we should tax that. It's the same thing for fireworks. What's more American than trying to profit off different kinds of vices and using that as an excuse (laughs) to fund public services? No comment here. So 19 states have changed their laws since 2000 to allow more fireworks. There is still a patchwork of laws regulating the sale of fireworks, like in parts of the West where there are drought conditions and fire risk, or in Vermont and Illinois where you can only buy sparklers. That is a loose definition of the word fireworks. (laughs) But Massachusetts is now the only state in the country with a full ban on selling fireworks. So the seeming inevitability of those purchases across state lines, the increased product safety, the general trend towards liberalization in America in the late 20th century, these forces all contributed to the loosening of state and county regulations that fueled this five times jump in fireworks sales. 
Jay also says that thanks to increased productivity from the Chinese factories where most fireworks are made, fireworks are much cheaper than they used to be after you adjust for inflation. So that brings us to injury rates. I have to confess, Darian, I am terrified of fireworks. I always have been. Mm -hmm. They are too loud for me. They are too full of fire. (laughs) That's what they are. I mean, it's like the most... The most pyrotechnic excitement I can really handle is like a scented candle. Okay. I'm learning a lot about you, Waylon. And your fears are not unfounded. People do get injured. But Jay told us something pretty surprising. In 1990, for every two million kilos of fireworks, we had one injury. Today, for every two million kilos, we have 0.2 injuries. So basically, injuries over the last 30 years with fireworks, after adjusting for the explosive growth in fireworks, has fallen by a factor of five. Okay, I just want to underline this point. It's so interesting, right? So home fireworks have grown by five times, but injuries per pound of gunpowder or whatever is down five times. So it all comes out in the wash. It's worth noting that there has been a tick up in the last 15 years or so, but this long-term trend surprised me at least. And also fires associated with fireworks are down. They're down about 40% since 1990. So I guess this 4th of July, this Independence Day, um, enjoy the explosives, uh, don't get injured. And if you're in a state that recently legalized fireworks, you can thank the forces of consumer product regulation and tax competition among states. We salute you. You'll never sing the lyric, the rocket's red glare, in the same way again. That's right. The rocket's safe red (laughs) glare. The highly regulated rocket's red glare. (laughs) Yes. This episode was produced by Julia Ritchie with engineering by Catherine Silver. It was fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Viet-Lay is our senior producer. Patty Hirsch edited this episode. Kate Cannon is the editor of the show. And The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.